This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This month, we are doing some mini episodes, and today we are talking about recovery. Um, We have our team leader, Leilani, here with us today. Hello, Leilani. Hello, everyone. And we have Bobby the Awesome from the 321 No Kidding podcast. Hello, Colleen and Leilani. Thanks for having me. Thank Thank you you for joining us. Yes, we appreciate you taking the time. So I think we're just going to jump right into it. And, you know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, about your gambling and you know, what your story is. Sure. I started very young. Like I think most of us do, um, nickel dime poker with the family. I personally am from the school of thought that our kids are gambling for kids now. Like we put money in, look for a reward. So, I mean, it goes all the way back that far. At 15, I was buying lottery tickets. I was sneaking into the casino at 18, I didn't discriminate in my gambling, horse races, high lie. Honestly, I miss the socialization of things like bingo and and cards, but they're gambling and forbidden for me, for my choices. So this progressed most of my adult life. In my early 20s, I was in a gambling study because I answered what I now know were the 20 questions. And I had worked with a therapist and I was forced to go to GA, I guess, as part of the study. Um, So it wasn't like I was there to really wrap my head around it. So the first time I I truly attempted to quit was in 2013. I had moved to Kansas City with my dream job. I was all by myself. Um, I was divorced by then because, oh, by the way, when my husband and I were truck drivers, he would um, wake up in casino parking lots and he kindly asked me to leave the truck after a while. So I went back to my career in in grocery and I was out in Kansas city for about a month and I had gambled away everything, my rent money, my, the credit card, I had overdrawn the whole shebang. So the Monday after, like I, I lost everything on a Saturday night on Sunday, I found a GA meeting and a second, you know, all the potential for second jobs to try to clean up the damage I did. And that Monday night was the first time I went to a GA meeting on purpose with good intentions out of fear, 
quite honestly, right? Because I was pretty hopeless at the time. So it was out of fear. It wasn't necessarily, I want to be a better person. I want to evolve. There was none of that. Uh, I did manage to get over two years clean and I ended up relapsing at about two years and three months. And we say in the program here in New York through the, the center from problem gambling, we were taught that like relapse happens ahead of time. So you wouldn't go to a casino for like a lobster buffet per se, but I did. And then four months later, I relapsed. So not that that was the only variable, but it's interesting. Some of the lessons I've learned along recovery. So 2016 was probably my worst year ever. I was gambling, you know, as much as I would, well, I was skipping work. I was going to the casino. I was skipping the activities I enjoyed like Zumba and volleyball. And if I wasn't gambling, I was drinking. So I made a decision to go to rehab and it's funny. The universe kind of does what it wants to. I was trying, trying to go, but had all the excuses, you know, I don't have the money to pay for rehab. How do I miss time off the work? I'm too important for that. All these things. And I went into a, the annual like benefit meeting and they're like, oh yeah, you have eight weeks short-term disability with your, with your thing. So I was able to get into treatment a long way to tell you, I was able to get into treatment and I was supposed to go to treatment and, um, March, I will have five years to treatment stuck and the journey has involved a lot more than, you know, you, you, for me, I didn't just go to rehab, come out and was cured. There's been a lot along the way. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I was, I'm listening and I'm, I was hearing two things. The first thing was when you say out of fear, I want to know, like, what was, if you don't mind sharing, what was the fear? And then the second part, um, I don't know if you wanted both at the same time, but the second part was the rehab. And you mentioned the drinking where did you go to rehab for the gambling or did you go to rehab first for the drinking or, or was it the rehab? It dealt with both. I actually went to the rehab specifically for gambling. But at that point, people in my life were asking me the question, which one are you going for? But I wasn't ready to give up drinking at that point. Now I'm, I'm over two years sober, kind of on accident as part of my journey. And then the fear was, I have always been very independent. And it was fear of losing my job, fear of ruining my credit score that I had worked hard on repairing, just fear of destroying my life. Essentially. I was, I was out in Kansas city all by myself. There was no, you know, second income. There was, there was nothing. And part of my view, like at the lowest times when, when I was younger, I had an uncle that had committed suicide and as a survivor of a family member with that, that was never an option for me because I knew what it felt like to be that way. So I didn't have, I didn't, I was afraid of counting on people. I was afraid of no options. The list of the fears kind of went on and on. Most of it was failure because I'm a pretty ambitious person and, you know, I didn't want to be living on the streets or any of those fun things. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of, of fear when people call in too, right? They call in to us to, to get help. And, and that's one of the reasons that, that they're calling. But I think it's important, you know, as we're talking about recovery here, just to hear about 
how, you know, the hope, right? The hope that is there. And I know, you know, before we started this podcast, you were talking a little bit about um, your three, two, one, no kidding podcast. So I was hoping that you could elaborate just a little bit about what you're doing with that um, and how, how awesome recovery is for you. Thank you for that opportunity. So when I started the podcast, it was fall of 2019. And in my head, I still had a, a day job at the time. I have this vision of what I call recovery playgrounds. And in my head, I could never do, it's going to cost me millions of dollars to build these places the way that I want to build them. So I'm like, well, I can't get millions of dollars working my day job. So I started the podcast to educate, inform, and kind of talk about the dream. And I also want to change laws around recovery. And I have zero interest in politics or learning about them or any of that. So I feel like I need money and influence, like those things will get you government results. Like I want every state to have fair treatment um, options. When I, went to can- when I went to treatment from Kansas, the state paid for me. When my friend went from Wisconsin, they had to pay out of pocket. It's not reasonable for gamblers to pay out of pocket for treatment. I'm sorry, just by the time you need treatment, you don't have the funds. Um, so this is like all part of the big dream. What ended up happening, and all those intentions are still in place, but what ended up happening was I had a very difficult 2020, even outside COVID arena, there was a bunch of really crazy things happened, but because of COVID, I was podcasting twice a day. And what it ended up being was like, I was trying to support my audience thinking they're trapped in their houses because I'm, I'm in like 90 countries. I mean, it's, it's the reach is pretty big. And I just didn't want the people who are sitting home alone, which was the world at that point, feeling like they were alone. But what ended up happening was it ended up healing all of these things that had been building up and all, all this chaos. And, and it was, it was just a crazy time. So it ended up, healing me. And one of the, since we're talking about recovery, the the show was a healer for me. And I don't expect anybody who's in recovery to go out and start a show as a, as a tool for recovery, but it is one of the options, right? And as I continue to teach and learn, I think one of my favorite things, and I would recommend this to anybody that's in recovery, is the learning the different, the different ways to recover it's not one size fits all. And it's not the same as it was 20 or 30 years ago. 12 step programs are wonderful, but they're not our only option. At a a conference, a gambling awareness conference a couple of years ago, I met some girls that were selling recovery Dharma books. So that became a thing that I went, you know, went down in the, in the 12 steps Step 11 is sought through prayer and meditation to improve your contact with God and basically spirituality. And I had never been a spiritual person. So I started going to church. I started doing the meditation. You have to do the work. That's, that's one thing I will say about recovery. You have to do the work and you have to show up for yourself. And just, especially with gambling, we get consumed by the money or the, the hopelessness of, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to fix this. This is the damage. And for gamblers, most of it is synonymous with lying, right? Like if you're drinking or using drugs, it shows up like very clearly your body displays that. But with gambling, you don't necessarily know that. So you're lying. You you just have all this 
stuff going on and I totally lost my train of thought. There was a reason I was telling you that and I got sidetracked. Where were we? These things happen. These things happen. I know one of the things you were talking about was the recovery dharma and like how, you know, how some things don't help and that you need to go in different directions. Thank you. Yeah. The point about the money, it doesn't come back overnight, but it's actually the easiest thing to come back. And thank you. I'm okay. You don't even have to edit it. I'm not perfect. And people can know that. <laughs> so that that's kind of the point. And if you do the work, I, I try to be really present. Like that's one of my focuses and being dialed into I don't know if this will make sense for everybody listening, but I, I'm coming to terms with like the two voices in my head, the ones that are like hijacking the thoughts and then the observer that's like, hey, body, your thoughts are getting hijacked, right? So paying attention to those two voices and trying to be present, it's always upon reflection that I get the lessons. It's never in the present, right? I'm not seeing if I'm growing or evolving spiritually or through my recovery, I don't see it in the moment. I see it upon reflection. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Like, it's amazing. I wish I learned everything a little sooner, but I got to go with the flow. <laughs> I think that's what comes with the grounding. Like you said, it's, it's grounding and being grounded is, is sometimes sitting in the reflection area and the reflection area is the epiphany, right? And, um, and, and sometimes that's how, where the healing really takes place by sitting and reflecting. So I, I thank you for, for mentioning that and no worries, not going to edit. <laughs> we are all human. So we all make human error. I forget things a lot mid thought and you'd be like, where did I take this? And I'm like, I don't know where it went, but it, it was going somewhere, but you got yourself right back <laughs> on track. And sometimes that's like the recovery process. You know, you, you can start somewhere and then your mind or wherever goes into a different track. And then you'd be like, okay, I need to come back. <laughs> and that's the human, that's the human side of us. So we're grateful for that. <laughs> yes. And I love that you mentioned like the multiple pathways as well to recovery, right? Like recovery is a journey, right? It's going to be different. Every person is different. 12 steps, not going to work for everybody, but maybe smart recovery will. Maybe there's like one-on-one -on -one therapy might not work for everybody, but for some people, that's what's going to work instead of the 12 steps. So it's so nice to like talk to you and hear about like how there's these different journeys. And I think relapse is also part of that recovery journey, right? Like there is going to be steps forward and steps backward, but I like that you said, you know, it's important to just reflect back on it because that's when you see the change in the progress. Yes. And that's why I share the fact that I relapsed because I want people to know it's okay. And, and not that I advocate for it. Right. But it's part of our individual process of, of quitting when it's, you know, the right time or we have to go through whatever we need to go through. And I had no intention, like when I started the podcast and when I went on this journey of being open-minded, I thought all that yoga and meditation was woo-woo. I didn't wrap my head around, you know, music being therapy, all of these things. But when I talked about like the first time I quit versus the second, I didn't know that I wasn't, I wasn't. I was invested and I was going to my meetings and I was, you know, really dedicated to GA, 
but I didn't have the complete surrender. And I was still in the mindset of, I just got to fix like the money and the gambling problem. But what this time has done is it's, it's a lot different than that. Talking to these experts and the more, whether it's a spiritual book or it's um, a stress counselor, for example, what I'm learning is this is all addiction, all addiction. This is what I believe goes back to trauma or childhood or incidents. Like it's not about just taking the bandaid of removing the bet. It's about doing the healing so that you don't ever have to bet again or, and knowing how to come up with those solutions to cope. I, on my show, I call it the bucket, right? So you have to, you have a bucket in your gut and you have to scoop out all the garbage, right? And then you can do your self-care, your recovery, and then you're filling your bucket with the good stuff. And then you're prepared for those bad days because your bucket's full of that good stuff. But if you don't go down and scrape those three extra inches in the bucket of that deep, yucky stuff that's been there for years and years, you don't have enough room in your bucket to help keep you positive and good on the days that you have the urges or the triggers or that you want to just gamble, use whatever the thing is and you're depleted. So you have to, in my belief, you have to do the work that way and do the digging and get through the healing to have a successful recovery. Absolutely. That was a little soapbox. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. That no, good. I think that's so important for people to, you know, who are listening to, to realize and know it definitely. And, and to hear from somebody who has been through it themselves, I think is really important. So as we, you know, kind of wrap up this mini episode, I just want to ask you, like, what would you say to somebody who's out there right now, who's struggling with their gambling and doesn't know what to do? Okay. I have the perfect answer. So three, two, one, since that's part of my brand, it's my clean day. It's a really important number to me. What I would say to those people is three, the rule of three would be to try new activities, healthy activities, at least three times before giving them up. So these are the distractions. This is the GA meeting. This is the going to church. This is whatever the thing is. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's whatever, the recovery strategies. Don't just try a recovery strategy once. Try it three times, different days of the week, different teachers, different whatever the thing is. Two, I learned from Bill, um, two rules, don't gamble and keep showing up. Now you're going to gamble, maybe, maybe not, but keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And then number one is that you're number one, right? Like it's not about pleasing everybody. It's not about doing it. So your kids will talk to you or your spouse will let you move back in. It's not about that. If you don't make it about you and you alone and just trust that all that other stuff will, will figure itself out and take care of itself. And you can have a great life. Once you get through that, it's very difficult to be successful. I don't know how you could be if you don't put yourself first. Those are awesome steps. I like that three, two, one. (laughs) I really, really do. It's, um, it's thoughtful and it's not something that we've um, heard of in, in, in the work. So at least, at least myself. So I really appreciate well, I need that. It up, Leilani. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everything, you know, there's things that are original and there's also things that, you know, it's inspired by others. And so maybe somebody's going to be inspired to take that three, two, one and, and, and use it for themselves. So Thank you. 
Yeah. So Bobby, once again, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, Two quick things to anybody listening. You know, if you are looking for help, definitely visit in New York, nyproblemgamblinghelp.org. There are plenty of resources there. All of our program managers are excellent and can work with you to get you connected. And I want to mention that the New York Council on Problem Gambling is having their conference this March. If you are in recovery, we would love to have you. Or if you are a family member of someone in recovery, please contact us and we'll give you a scholarship code to join us. You know, it's all about raising awareness about what problem gambling is and advocating for support services for those that are struggling. So thank you for listening, Bobby. Thank you for for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Lady. And I hope that everyone has a great rest of their day. Yes, be safe, be well.